Good afternoon. Welcome to the Eco News Report. I'm your host this week, Brianna Villalobos, Communications and Development Director at EPIC, the Environmental Protection Information Center. The Eco News Report is brought to you by the North Coast Environmental Center, publisher of our regional environmental newspaper, Eco News. Joining me in the studio is Ruby Rodriguez, Executive Projects Coordinator and Humboldt Regional Coordinator at the Latino Outdoors Organization, and Jose Cobello, who is the co-club president at Humboldt State University. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hello. <laughs> so just to give a preview for any of the listeners today, what is Latino Outdoors? Well, Latino Outdoors is a national nonprofit that seeks to bring culture into the outdoors, connect Latinx communities to nature-based activities, and create a network of professionals. Awesome. And how did each of you get involved? Well, I got involved back in, it was the beginning of 2016 when Leslie, who was the Northern California coordinator for Latino Outdoors, and Daisy, who was a student at Humboldt State, we decided to kind of just start creating a Latino Outdoors community here. And Leslie was already involved, and so she had an idea of what that looked like for us. And we connected with Center Activities, who offered some funding, and with that we put on a paddle event for about 18 college students. It was their first time out paddling. And it kind of just took off from there. Awesome. And what about you, Jose? How'd you get involved with the club? I got involved about, I want to say, a year ago. So it was last spring when I transferred to HSU. And I was just really searching for some form of community here in Humboldt. You know, like transplanting from like SoCal up here. Like, you don't know anything about the environment or like the people. So yeah, so I I think one day I just walked into the, the Latinx Center for Academic Excellence and I saw like a, an emailing list for Latino Outdoors and I was like, oh, this is really cool. You know, like an environmental science student like coming in and, and I was like, this is really cool. And I really like the outdoors. So I signed up and I think my first event was we went to a walk to the Arcata Marsh. And yeah, it was just it was a really good time. I, I met like a bunch of cool people, some that I'm, I'm really good friends with now. And yeah, and who would have thought that, like, a year later, like, I'm even more involved, you know, like, on not just the the campus level, but on the national level as well. Yeah, so would you say the Latino Outdoors Club in general was, like, your first introduction to the Latinx community in Humboldt? For sure, yeah, it definitely was. I know Mecha was another one as well. I was a machista since high school, but coming up here, definitely Latino Outdoors allowed me to explore, like, Humboldt, like, the nature here in Humboldt for what it is. Awesome. And what is each of your roles in the organization? Because they're very different. (laughs) Well, I'm the executive projects coordinator, so a lot of my job is heavily focused on supporting the network of volunteers that we have on a national scale. But I'm also the Humboldt Regional Coordinator, which gives me a really amazing opportunity to serve my own team, the, the club here. So what is your role with Latino Outdoors as a club? Oh, yeah. So my role, I guess, for, for like, the bureaucracy <laughs> here on campus, I'm the co-president. Mm-hmm. So basically just my, I, I don't really feel like the title is like, I don't feel too attached to that title mm-hmm. just because it is a collaborative effort. Like, you know, we have officers, but that's just for the, like I said, the sake of the bureaucracy. But for the most part, it's a team effort and we, we all work together as a team. Well, that sounds so Yeah, fun. it's actually really cool. We definitely have this sort of like horizontal leadership thing going on. And I think that it's all, you know, as a leader, it's always your work is always really centered on serving others. And so mm-hmm. that that role or that title is there. But the work, there's so much more to the work than than that role. Yeah. So how many Latino outdoors chapters are there 
We have about 18 scattered across the country. Awesome. And are they mostly West Coast or are they pretty much all over? It's pretty West Coast heavy. Yeah, pretty yeah, heavy on the West Coast. But there is definitely, that I've learned, there's definitely like East Coast chapters starting mm-hmm. up. And, you know, there's people in Texas as well. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. And so how did it make its way up to Humboldt? You mentioned someone and a couple other students thought it would be a great idea. But why specifically Humboldt? Uh, Well, there was a tremendous need for it. There was a tremendous need for a community that provided a space for students to just get outside with people who look like them and Mm. have that that network and that support available. It was out of a desperate need, for sure. So what challenges do you see in the modern conservation and outdoor recreation movement, specifically to Humboldt County? When we well, when we talk about the environmental movement, I think that one of the biggest challenges is that it's predominantly white, and with all due respect, it's old and white, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I think that it doesn't reflect um, any, like, interdisciplinary approach. Like, it, you know, we need to look at things, you know, surrounding public health. You know, we need to involve concepts related to sociology, psychology, when you look at the economics of outdoor recreation, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I guess that also speaks to the the culture of outdoor recreation here, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the the modern conservation and outdoor recreation movement, I feel like it's more like remediation or like mitigation than mm-hmm. it's like, okay, so like, you know, we already messed up the environment. So it's like, oh, what can we do to improve it? Rather than it, it neglects to like incorporate like how indigenous people who have who have had ties here in Humboldt have have been stewards of like this mm-hmm. land or like beyond that like this is have had spiritual ties to the land and and they've respected it and like due due to like industrialization and like the rapid movement like it's it's definitely like degraded the environment and, and now it's oh it's messed up so what can we do to to fix it yeah i know ruby and i we've had our own conversations about the conservation movement in, as in general, and how you know their general motif is to preserve this land to make it back to quote unquote pristine or its natural state, and how that is problematic and that it doesn't recognize that you know there are native people that live and existed in these places and mm-hmm. had their own way and ethics of preserving and their own forest management that have far long been neglected due to this conservation ethic that's been going on. Is there any way that Latino Outdoors is kind of trying to combat that, or is it just with representation? Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Latino Outdoors is absolutely trying to bring culture back into the mainstream narrative and really bridge that gap, for sure. Yeah. And so how have these challenges personally affected you and your experiences being outdoors in Humboldt? I'm going to be really honest here. Please. <laughs> <laughs> I have really shied away from the idea of conservation because a lot of programming aims to incorporate underrepresented groups into the mainstream conservation movement. And I wholeheartedly disagree with that approach. I think that we should use the outdoors to empower traditionally marginalized folks first and then let that stewardship component come naturally. Mm-hmm. And so it's really been it's really been very difficult for me to have those feelings when ideas surrounding conservation like used to take my breath away. Like I used to get really excited about ecosystem services and, you know, conservation. And I feel like that's on some small level been sort of taken from me. And I have to work really hard to remember the importance and you have to remember the importance of conservation for sure. And that's why our partnership with Epic has been so 
amazing. <laughs> I'm beaming. <laughs> What about you, Jose? Gosh, I feel like there's kind of a lot I want to say to add to that, but I can't really think of anything right now. Mm-hmm. I guess the one thing that, like, on a personal level, like for myself, like I was like vegetarian or like vegan for like uh, about. 10 years like going on 10 years and then I just recently like broke that and I just started eating meat again and the only reason I did that was because I just saw how the like the white veganism like movement is is so like it's so tailored to like the rights of like animals which don't get me wrong that's like extremely important and I think it's like like a huge bummer like you know i'm pretty sure i'm not allowed to like curse but like you know for lack of a better word like it's a really bummer like the situation that that our like you know livestock industry is in but you know it's like we have like a huge distribution problem in like having healthy food especially to impoverished communities and communities of color And it's like, how can your... I, I, I understand that you can have, like, multiple, like, you can... What am I trying to say? Like, multiple dimensions or, like, you can... Your activism doesn't necessarily have to be tied to one cause. Like, you can mm-hmm. be active in different in different causes. But it's like, how can you advocate for... Or, like, just how can you strictly only advocate for animal rights and not advocate for human rights as well. Yeah, I definitely agree with that sort of sentiment. When I first moved up to Humble about four years ago, I also kind of jumped on this bandwagon of veganism, bulk foods. I always had my to-go lunches. I started growing on my armpit and leg hair for my own personal <laughs> reasons. But the same thing with conservation. And when I started learning a little bit more about the history of the preservation of the redwood ecosystems here and the sort of discrepancies with forest management, I kind of realized that there's like a bigger issue, mm-hmm. specifically when it came to like the native rights. And when I started looking at and researching, specifically the science has been involved with some of the native groups here and how much time and effort they've been to be able to advocate for their own land, to be able to take back control of it is really empowering. And that's really when I decided to kind of get involved. And I remember when I I first heard of Latino outdoors, so I'm from Southern California as well, and moving up to Humboldt, there is like this sort of shock that you have of where are my people? <laughs> yeah. And especially where are my people in the environment movement? Very much in my own personal experience, I'm usually the youngest and whitest. You know, I'm, I'm half Mexican, but I don't look at I have white privilege, but I still feel it. I feel more brown when I'm in these spaces, mm-hmm. which is a weird juxtaposition that I've never had before. I've always been like, you know, the green guy in the group. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, you know, acknowledging that and wanting to change that for the better is really what it makes me so excited about your group and your organization as a whole. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So just for any of those tuning in right now, my name is Brianna Villalobos, and I am the Director of Communications and Development at EPIC, the Environmental Protection Information Center. You're listening to the Eco News Report, which is brought to you by the North Coast Environmental Center, publisher of the regional environmental newspaper Eco News. Today I'm here with Ruby Rodriguez and Jose Cobello from Latino Outdoors Organization. We're just going to keep on our interview. How has your connection with the natural world inspired you and the work that you do? That's that's been honestly everything for me. I, my connection to nature has 
Those were some of the only moments that I felt like I had any potential, honestly. Those are my moments of inspiration. We know where my perspective is just broadening. Getting lost in an intimate moment with nature just alleviates, you know, all the burdens that I have of being human. And I think that that's why I do what I do now, is to try to create those opportunities for other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely echo what Ruby is saying, because growing up, I didn't, you know, I'm a city kid, you know, growing up, like, you know, in between Los Angeles and the Inland Empire. So I'm like in this in-between area where I really didn't have like a lot of opportunities to go outdoors. My family didn't grow up like taking us camping or like going to national parks or stuff like that. So um, when I do have the opportunity, the few that I've had so far to visit national parks and monuments and the forest that we have up here, it's almost like like a very like spiritual connection and I can feel it. And it's like and it's like not like the the spiritual like hippy dippy like (laughs) sense, but it's more like like I've. I almost felt like I've had this awakening like when I'm out there and it's like I can feel like, you know, the like almost like the presence of like my ancestors like before Mm -hmm. me, you know, and like just going beyond like just just like going out there and like, okay, I'm going to go hike or I'm going to run or I'm going to rock climb. It's like also having that moment to just reflect and just sit in silence has just been very like, yeah, like I said, you know, very spiritual and very awakening for me. And if I could share that with other people, that would be like an honor for me. Mm -hmm. I really like how you said that it's a, you know, you enter these spaces and you can feel your ancestors with them. I've definitely had that moment myself. Totally. Um, I'm also from like Inland Empire area. Mm. And so I remember I took a class up in HSU and they talked about life place. And one of the questions was, you know, did you used to plan your hikes? And who, how would you get there? How long would it take for you to get there? Mm. And how long would you enjoy those spaces? And it was like, you know, I worked full time. My parents did too. So it was usually for a weekend. We'd go sit in traffic for an hour and a half <laughs> to get to whatever spot we wanted to go to. It was usually dry brush and a bunch of poison oak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of snakes. <laughs> and so, you know, those were my moments of solitude and to be able to connect to my natural world. Or parks. That was a big thing was like it was a park, a playground, or there'd be a couple oak trees and I'd climb in it. And it wasn't until I moved up to Humboldt that I really experienced, like you said, that moment of like, wow. And I really wish like my grandparents could have made it up here because they really liked going outdoors and they never got a chance to come up here. And even still walking, there's a specific spot along the river that I can really feel like my grandpa's energy mm. for sure because he loved the river and he used to he used to be a photographer and he always had pictures against the riverbank and yeah I definitely yeah. feel that and it's, How beautiful. it's super empowering to be able to connect other people with that experience because again we you know at least our experience with Jose like we you know it was bush side San Gabriel yeah. mountains <laughs> yeah. yeah or even like or Echo um, Park <laughs> yeah or even like the. I feel like I think the closest national park to us is Joshua Tree right yeah so it's like not even then like you know today like my parents will make the drive out to Morongo to go to the casino yeah but they won't like want to spend a day like in Joshua Tree with me, you know. And I'm just I'm like, laughing because it's so true. Yeah. They'll like drive super far to go to like casinos or see some yeah. music or something. But the outdoor experience is such a different connection where you almost take it for granted when you live out in Humboldt. Mm-hmm. You like I found myself actually I made it a point now where I go to the community forest at least once a week. 
I recognized I wasn't in the forest yeah. for, you know, a month at a time just because it was there and it was accessible to me. And I think that's another question I want to ask is, like, the importance of access. Mm-hmm. You know, so or we had Joshua Tree. Right now we have the Redwood National Parks and the Humboldt State Park. But getting there itself is a challenge. And a lot of the student population here in Humboldt County is from Southern California and doesn't have a vehicle. So what are ways that Latino Outdoors is trying to sort of combat that access action point? I think that there are two pieces. We definitely try to alleviate those, you know, economic barriers associated with transportation and whatnot. But perhaps more importantly, we really work on creating bonds with those that we're getting outside with because, you know, you can be in a space but not feel like you're accessing it because Mm. there's that sense of, you know, that you're not emotionally safe or a sense that you're unwelcome there. You're not supposed to be in that space. And I think that that is extremely important to really look at and remember. And so I think that, you know, creating that cultural and social capital for sure is one of the most important things that we're doing to help alleviate those barriers. Or even just having like that, like that sense of like shame or embarrassment, like that, oh, like I can't go there because I don't know, like I'm not prepared to go there. I don't know what to do. What do I need? So I feel like what Latino Outdoors tries to do is, you know, we've been in those situations. I know I for sure have been in those situations. So what we aim to do is to allow a space for anyone who who doesn't know how or even where how to begin recreating and allowing them to, you know, come to our events. And it's like and if and sometimes mobility is not is is a barrier, you know, like you don't have access to transportation. So majority of our events, we try to do like carpooling. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there's definitely been a moment where even I myself feel shamed being in a place where, you know, when I first moved up here, I remember I didn't have any nice gear. I had a bunch of miscellaneous hand-me-downs from my parents who used to go skiing, which was like definitely not hiking gear. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there's you just get these hand-me-downs or whatever yeah. you pick up in a thrift store and whatever, what have you, and you enter these outdoor spaces and you stick out. Mm-hmm. You're not wearing the name brand gear. You don't have the latest yeah. puffy. Mm-hmm. The Patagucci. Yeah, the Patagucci, <laughs> you know, is far none. And so you feel as if you're not as good as everybody in this space. And I remember yeah. my first backpacking trip, I actually went with the HSU and I rented all my gear. And even then I kind of felt a little like a kook, <laughs> yeah. you know, like I'm here with all this stuff that's not my spaces serve no judgment to you as a person mm-hmm. when you enter them. It's a tree, <laughs> you know. There's animals, there's wildlife. Yeah. They take you in and give mm. you a big old hug if you're open to it. But it's our own self-doubts and the doubts put in on us through our, you know, systematic mm. oppression. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, you know, that type of stuff that makes it really challenging to enter these spaces. And it's really great to see that an organization is up here sort of challenging that status quo. You know, so I guess the question, what if a listener's listening right now and they've, they've been too embarrassed or they know they don't have the appropriate gear and they want to go to our our hikes, what would you tell them right now? I think that the presence of people who are having those experiences are what make the Latino outdoor space what it is. This space was created to serve you. You know, the space was created to alleviate all of those emotional barriers that you have, all those fears, the feeling that this isn't for you. Like this 
was created for you. Mm -hmm. So come on, <laughs> come hang out, yeah, come hang definitely. out with us, learn with us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we all have, we all come from different, you know, backgrounds, all walks of life. So it's like we all have different sets of skills and knowledge that, you know, like I said, it's a collaborative effort. You know, we're a team. So, you know, I've definitely had, you know, like we mentioned earlier, like that sense of like, oh, I feel like I don't belong because I don't. I'm not knowledgeable in a particular set of like skill or something, but you know, it's, we do try to foster like a very welcoming environment because for the most part, like me and myself, like, you know, I am not your, like your typical, like outdoorsy, like recreational person, mostly because, you know, I'm Latino, but I'm also like queer identified. And then also too, like I'm on like the heavier side as well. So it's like, you know, like we have like this vision of, of what an outdoor person should look like, you know, and it's like this very like fit, like abs, like athletic type of person. But, you know, that's not always the case, you know, and, you know, we've more recently, like we had a body positive hike, you know, to try to encourage people to get out of the mindset that, you know, like that, that cookie cutter, like, like recreational person or whatever, what have you. So yeah, like we definitely try to make our, all our events as as inviting as possible for anyone. Awesome. And that leads me to a question of asking, what projects are in store for you for 2018? Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Man, well, we've got the outdoor skills training workshops that we're running with Epic, which have been going wonderfully. We are also working on certifying the Humboldt State University as a national wildlife habitat. Right now, we're starting to develop a risk management plan and I'm hoping to get our hands in the soil during fall. So as Ruby mentioned, the Epic and Latino Outdoors have collaborated this year to create some bilingual hikes. Bilingual means that it's both in Spanish and English, and so that's important to note that any and all people, any skill of English or Spanish is welcome. Our first hike is going to be April 15th at Headwaters Forest Preserve in the South Fork Elk River Trail. And it's actually going to be co-led by our newly appointed Latino outdoor leaders who are going to docent for us and provide those bilingual skills. And so that is what I appreciate with this collaboration with Latino Outdoors is Epic has had these hikes for the past three years. And I myself being involved with Epic recognized that these spaces were predominantly white. And I myself was leading the hike as, you know, recognizing that there's something that we could change. And creating the skills, our skills workshops that we've done our last two past, we did an intro to interpretive guiding and we did a get out to the field where we took people out to headwaters to experience the place and the history, particularly Epic's own history with a beautiful place. And it was very rewarding to see people of all kinds of backgrounds, ages, creed, everything, just being super into learning these new skills and feeling more empowered to lead their own hikes for us or just in their own time. So that was really cool. So how can people get involved with the club or with Latino Outdoors in general? On the campus side, we do have regular club meetings that we have every other Thursday. This Thursday, we, we we're planning to have a meeting, but we're actually going to cancel that one. So our next meeting is going to be March 22nd. That's a Thursday. And it's in the Latinx Center for Academic Excellence. On It's in Nelson Hall East, room 206, from 5 to 6 p.m. Awesome. Is there an email that people can log into or sign up on? Yeah, if you want to join our, our mailing list to get updates on when we're having events, you can reach us at humble at latinooutdoors.org. 
And you can also email me at ruby at latinooutdoors.org for other inquiries or general information. You can also check out our Facebook page, which is called Latino Outdoors Humboldt. Awesome. And if you're interested in being involved with the EPIC and Latino Outdoors collaboration, if you yourself have a very deep knowledge of the local ecology, local history, and happen to be bilingual, please get in touch with us at EPIC and me specifically at Brianna, B-R-I-A-N-A, at wildcalifornia.org. We'd love to have a very diverse group of community members to be able to help us with our hikes and our events and our future collaborations. So again, EPIC and Latino Outdoors are going to be hosting a bilingual hike. The first one will be April 15th at Headwaters Forest Preserve, South Fork Elk River Trail. Hikes originate at the EPIC offices at 145 South G Street at 10 a.m. For more information, look at our Facebook, Dash Wild California, or on our website, wildcalifornia.org. These hikes are meant for all people, ages, and ability, but please wear appropriate clothing and footwear, bring food, water, and anything else you may need to feel comfortable in the forest, and we'll do the rest. <laughs> Again, my name is Brianna Villalobos. I'm the Director of Communications and Development at EPIC, the Environmental Protection Information Center. This has been the Ecos News Report. My name is Brianna Villalobos, and I've been your host for the past half hour. I've been speaking with Ruby Rodriguez, and Jose Cabello for the last 30 minutes about the Latino Outdoors organization, the upcoming events, and how you all can get involved. If you have any questions or comments about this program, please call our listener comment line at 826-6089. If you'd like to replay this interview or share it with others, you can go to the archived programs page at khsu.org. Previous shows are also posted to the North Coast Environmental Center's website at yournec.org. You can also subscribe to the Eco News Report on your favorite podcast app for you and your go-to listening pleasure. The Eco News Report is produced at Humboldt State University in cooperation with the North Coast Environmental Center. Many thanks to Fred McLaughlin for engineering. Join us again next week right here for the Eco News Report.